Hashtag murder may contain explicit and disturbing material and may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to Hashtag Murder. Did you forget to say something? (laughs) We're going to keep it. Uh, I'm Scar. And I'm Alex. And we're millennials who love murder. And the Cracker Barrel. And the barrel. It's the most, <laughs> listen, it's the most conservative thing about me. Oh my god. I love the barrel and I love Chick-fil-A. Yeah, that was Alex's uh, suggestion for brunch. And it was so good. So fucking good. I need, I don't know if I need a nap or if I just need to go to sleep. <laughs> it's 1.37 p.m. Don't you worry, um, you will be woken up shortly. Oh god. Oh, man. Yeah. And I didn't know that they served alcohol there. Oh, yeah. They they even have my favorite, PBR. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Yeah, we got uh, strawberry... Mimosas. Mimosas. Which were gross. Too much um, puree. Yeah, not super great, but then we got peach and orange and it made up for it. Yes, it's delicious. And I don't know if she realized, but she did not charge us for two of our mimosas. Oh, so she got extra tip. <laughs> Yay. Yay, old lady. Yeah, and I hadn't been to Cracker Barrel since I moved here. And oh, that was shit. like three years ago. Uh, we went in May for my birthday. Oh my god, it was Real so easy good. To, Real easy to please. Yeah, and I'm mainly there for the shop. Of course. At least because tchotchkes. <laughs> yeah, at least that's what I thought. But then we got the food. Oh, it was so good. Oh so my good. god. Like... I told Dustin we're gonna have to go back there. Mm-hmm. I haven't even thought about going there. Oh, that'd be Dustin's jam. They have so much comfort food. Yeah, and it's one of the closest restaurants to our house. Yeah, and <laughs> we never go there. Oh my goodness gracious! Um, so how you been? Uh, I've been tired, but I had PTO this week because you know Clinton goes back on paternity leave for the upteenth time he's this really, year uh, he's really dragging that out isn't he, he really is he really is using it up until the last moment because you have a whole year until the baby's birthday uh, to use it which oh, is which is next month which is well it'll, by the time this releases it'll be like in four days oh yeah, yeah. it's yeah. this month yes damn he's driving me nuts <laughs> absolutely bonkers uh oh dustin wanted me to ask you oh, boy. um well hold on one moment are you gonna read it word for word no <laughs> Uh, look at this oh nope hold on it's really bad oh god (laughs) oh my god he he has a hitler stash (laughs) oh that's so bad these are photos he took of himself alec oh look at that one (laughs) please share these please Uh, uh, love of all things together please share them (laughs) oh this is dustin from like 10 years ago he aged like fine wine. He did. And that's exactly what I told him. Yep. I said, honey, these are not good. No. These are not good. I'm not surprised he was single. <laughs> oh my God. If I would have met him 10 years ago, I'm not sure this would be happening right now. <laughs> He's got the face only a Gaylene can love. <laughs> yeah. Which, speaking of Gaylene, this episode is dedicated to you and Harley. Oh. Gaylene, because we were day drinking before we recorded this. Yeah. And I just took a shot of whipped. So. Yeah. <laughs> And Harley, because she requested this one. Oh, okay. Oh, you don't know that? No. Well, you never remember anything. I don't so know anything. No. 
<laughs> no, Harley requested this one to both of us in a text, and I was like, oh, that's really gruesome. I'll have oh. to cover that one. Oh, yeah. Because you don't like the, the nasty ones. No, not typically. No, Mm-mm. not my cup of tea. So um, I got this one today. Okay, who are we talking about? Have you ever heard of Donald Henry Gaskins? Uh... A.K.A. Pee Wee Gaskins. I was going to say, I have heard of Pee Wee Gaskins, not old Donnie Henry. That's his real name, his government name. And he's disgusting. And we're going to get into it. Oh, Lord. All right. I'm ready. I'm excited. Let's do it. So if you don't already know, he is uh, the probably the most notorious serial killer in South Carolina history. Oh, he's here. He's here. Oh, shit. He's also known as the meanest man in America. Oh. That's not what you want to be known as. No, I don't. Mm, nope. Not a good thing to be known for. But yeah, um, apparently, uh, you know, Sugar, um, Christine. Yeah. Her dad knows Pee Wee Gaskins. What? Oh, yes. <laughs> so I was like, that's insane. Why does he and know I have him? to cover? I don't, well, you know, he's from like Florence area and Sugar's family is up near like Greeleyville, which is, I don't know, 30 minutes away from Florence. So that's probably why. So we knew him as like a young man? I didn't get that far into it. Oh. Yeah. Oh, Okay weird but uh, right. yeah he's actually known as the redneck charles manson uh, Ooh. Mm -hmm. tell me more and like i didn't know that at first but then after i was doing the research for both cases because i did both i was like oh that, that checks out that fucking checks out uh, uh. yeah so um before we get deep into this story uh most of the accounts of this killer's childhood and some of the stories he gives from like his adult life are only from his perspective because that's the only perspective we have yeah so take with a grain of salt yeah, I can't always trust the, the word of a serial killer. <laughs> you know, he's probably uh, like our good boy, Joe Matheny, and likes to uh, exaggerate yeah. just a little bit. Make him seem a little bit crazier than he actually is. Although I'm sure he is crazy. He's psychotic, but um, <laughs> not as bad as we think. Yeah. So we're starting his story on March 13th, 1933, when our boy, Donald Henry Gaskins, was born in Florence, South Carolina. And if you didn't know already, that's where the Bucky's is. Oh, we have a Bucky's. Yeah, it's in Florence. Oh. Like where the little truck stop stuff is. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yep. So Donnie, he was born March 13th, 1933 in Florence, South Carolina. Is that a Pisces? It is a Pisces. Gross. You don't like a Pisces. Nope. No, not a big fan of Pisces. Sorry, everyone out there. <laughs> Hope you're not a Pisces. <laughs> uh, and he didn't exactly have the most loving and like, you know. Caring childhood. Caring, upbringing childhood. Uh, his mother paid little to no attention to him, and his stepfather constantly beat the shit out of him, both physically and mentally. You know what this sounds like? A great recipe for a serial killer. It actually is. Um, and it's supposedly, at just one year old, Lil Pee Wee drank a bottle of kerosene that was in the garage, and he be began violently convulsing. What? Yep. At one? At one years old. That didn't kill him? Apparently not. Wow. Um, and then because of this, he also had seizures until he was like three years old. Oh. And according to good old Pee Wee, his mom did not have a care in the world for him, even with his new like condition with having seizures and shit. And she was neglectful at best for her son. Uh, has the same tale as old as time. Yep. Once again. Sounds like our boy Manson. Yeah. So Pee Wee was given the name Pee Wee by his mom due to him being like really small for his age like significantly smaller than others as a teenager he only reached the height of five two. Oh, oh peewee's kind of cute though if or is it demeaning if you called Braden peewee how do you think he would feel 
I don't think he liked no, it very exactly. much. Although he is, he's putting on the gains. He is. He's got some muscles. <laughs> I know. I'm pretty impressed. This whole, uh, what's he, football? Football thing? And basketball and yeah. something. Yeah. He's bulking up. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of him. So as a teenager, you know, I reached a 5'2", which is teeny tiny. And like, I don't know if this was her, his mom's way of being like, giving him a sweet nickname because he's tiny or if she was being a dick. Yeah. But uh, even at an adult, he's like highest like height is five four well he got two inches taller yeah okay a little bit uh he was constantly teased for his small stature and he was also constantly abused by his stepfather hennant hannah hennant hair i know it was a weird name i've said it five times fast there was just no escaping the hell and ridicule in his life oh like our boy charlie yeah uh, if he was getting into fistfights and arguments at school with other kids who teased him uh, he was also coming home to his stepfather, who just topped off the whole day with beating the shit out of his own child. Yeah. You know, uh, Dustin and I, we just watched The Crowded Room. I thought you were going to say, we beat the shit out of each other all the time. <laughs> no. Uh, I do punch him whenever he says something stupid, though. He deserves he it. He deserves it. <laughs> Uh, but no, we just watched The Crowded Room, and it's on Apple TV. Mm-hmm. Um, Creepy. It's a great show. It's mm. very good. I highly recommend, if you have Apple TV, go watch it. Um, but this is kind of his, how his childhood was, so oh. yeah. Not sponsored, but if you want to sponsor us Apple TV, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. We're, <laughs> we're calling out to the biggest company in, in America Please. to sponsor our tiny little podcast. <laughs> Oh, shit. Okay. Anyway, uh, so one of the childhood memories Gaskins told police when he was arrested was his trip to the carnival with his mom. Oh. While he was there, he walked by the cage of a king cobra snake. The man running the exhibit told Gaskins that the snake was the most dangerous beast in the entire world and displayed that by feeding a mouse into the cage. The snake immediately attacked and killed the mouse and just laid back down instead of eating it. Gaskins said that watching the snake just kill for what seemed like fun aroused him sexually and he had to clench his legs together oh no disgusting oh my nasty that's alarming yep okay (laughs) uh shortly after this he ends up dropping out of school at age 11 and got a job working on cars at a local garage in florence that's a good gig yeah you know what like my my grandpa uh the one that's from uh, waynesville north carolina Mm -hmm. he dropped out of school at like 13 and he started woodworking and so that's what he did like since he was a carpenter remember you saying that mm-hmm. and then your mom worked for his yep. company yep and then my dad worked for them too wow mm-hmm. that's fun yep my grandpa did woodworking as well you yeah. know that white table that's mm-hmm. downstairs he yeah. built that that's nice i know the, um i don't know if you were met me when i had this the big white dresser that i had my dad built that no Fucking massive Fucking i don't remember massive. that but my dad builds furniture still like if i asked him to build me something he would i know shout out to tommy <laughs> Can I commission him to build shelves? He probably wouldn't take money for it, but yeah. Because Carolyn would be like, no. (laughs) These are children. Carolyn, (laughs) these are children. We just give them things. Oh, okay. I'll keep that in mind. So he was uh, working at a garage at age 11. And it was here. He meets his two besties, Danny and Marsh. And the three of them dubbed themselves the Trouble Trio. Oh, Marsh is in Marshall? Yeah. Ah, okay. Oh. Gaskins loved his friendship he had with his two new friends, his besties, because it protected him from being bullied, because both Danny and Marsh were bigger than him. Yeah. The three boys, they would commit a little bit of crime together. Nothing crazy. Burglarizing homes, picking up prostitutes, raping other children. Oh my. Yeah. 
um, usually younger boys who they would oh, threaten so that they wouldn't go to the their parents or like the police. Yeah. Oh my. Not a good start here. No. Uh, this is when Gaskin starts figuring out his love for violence and crime. Love that for him. Yeah, I don't love that for him. <laughs> uh, it would give him sexual pleasure to commit violent crimes on other people, which is sadistic as fuck. Yeah. For an 11 year old. Oh, 11? 11 years old. Oh. Uh, like, how fucked up does your childhood have to be to think in that sort of way? Yeah. That's so sad. So the, the three boys, they get a little older, and they eventually escalated to the point of raping Marsh's younger 13-year-old sister. Oh. The boys were like 14 and 15 at the time. Yeah. Afterwards, the sister ran straight to their parents to tell them what happened, and they were fucking furious. Well, yeah. Marsh's parents called Danny and Gaston's parents to let them know what happened and started beating the boys relentlessly. Yeah, why don't we get the when we tell them why it's, don't we tell them why it's wrong? Yeah, maybe get some sort of mental treatment? Yeah. Yeah. So Danny's father eventually stepped in and pulled out his own son, but Marsh and Gaskins were taken into a barn, strung upside down by their legs, naked from a beam inside. Wow. They continued to whip the boys until they were bruised and bloody, and the boys almost died. Like, they beat them to the point of where the boys almost died. Oh my god. Hanging naked from a rafter. This is not the solution. No. Wait, what year are we in? Uh... Sorry. They're like 15. It's probably like 1948. Oh, God. Not the best way to go about that. No. They need professional help. Yeah. Ugh. The parents, like after the beating, they just cut the rope that was holding the boys. Didn't, you know, pull them down or like yeah. help them down or anything. No, they just fucking cut the rope. And the boys hit the they ground. They landed on their heads, probably. Yeah. They landed on their heads at full force. Oh my god. And the boys, they were like beaten and like so badly injured, they couldn't even move or get up once they were alone longer timed up. And they had to lay in the barn for hours until they like had enough energy to get up. I'm surprised it didn't kill them. I'm surprised it didn't kill them. They're like teenagers. Yeah. Marsh, once he could actually like get up and move, he ran away from home for fear of his life. He thought his mother would kill him for what he had done to his sister. Which is fair. Just justified thinking. Yeah. Uh, he went with Danny's father and Danny and the three of them skipped town just in case they would face prosecution for the crime. Danny's the, the boy that got away and didn't get beat. Uh, his dad was like, no, no, you come with me. I mean, ugh. Mm -hmm. Sticky situation. Gaskins, however, he remained in Florence, South Carolina, and he became a lone wolf yet again with his two besties gone, and he kept on with his shithead behavior of robbing homes. One day, he attempted to break into a home, but didn't expect anyone to actually be there. Dun, dun, dun. You gotta case the joint first. Yeah, he ain't that smart. He's no. a smart cookie. So he broke in through the back door of a home, and he met a young girl. When he attempted to run out, she chased him with a hatchet. Okay. That's Catherine Night vibes right there. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, Gaskins was able to wrestle the hatchet out of the girl's arms, and he knocked her unconscious with the blunt end of it and brutally beat her with the hatchet. Oh... He ended up escaping from the home, but he was captured not even an hour later by police for assault with a deadly weapon and breaking and entering. Oh, is he gonna go to jail? Well, we're gonna get there. <laughs> okay. Uh, this next part is kind of funny and sad at the same time. Oh, all right. Let's so, hear it. Apparently, the trial for this crime was the first time that Gaskins had actually heard his first name, Donald, because his mother had only ever called him Pee-wee, and he thought that was his real name. So he was confused when they called him Donald. He didn't know his name? Yeah, he thought his name was Pee-wee. He thought his legit Given name, name was Pee-wee. Yeah. Oh. How old is he? It's like 15, 16. How could you not... <laughs> 
<laughs> I guess everyone called him that then. Yep. Oh, Literally. sorry. Sorry. He was 13. So still a baby. And he's just learning his name. Yep. Okay. <laughs> At the trial, the judge presiding over the case was shocked that 13-year-old Gaskins could perform such a violent crime at a young age. Aren't we all? And he sentenced Gaskins to serve time at the reform school called the South Carolina Industrial School for Boys until he was 18 years old. Basically, this school was like a nicer way of saying juvenile detention center. Yeah. Just like, like Charlie. Ones, just like Charlie. During the day, they did trade classes and intense like hard labor, like digging trenches. This reminds me of the movie Holes. Did you see Holes? I just made Dustin yeah. watch that. That's what He'd never me seen it before. And he... I'm tired of this grandpa. <laughs> well, too damn bad. That's too damn bad. <laughs> uh, and the warden, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> That's a great movie. And I didn't realize how long it was, but Dustin, he enjoyed it. Of course, Good. he was like 21 whenever that came out. Oh. <laughs> So we were babies. He never watched it. Uh, I was like 11. Uh, that's the first movie I saw in theaters by myself. Oh. Or with a friend, not by myself. I don't know what movie no I saw first in theaters by myself. Huh. So, <laughs> in later years, Gaskin actually claims that he was constantly sexually abused by other boys in the center. And since he was so small, the larger boys were easily able to overpower him and do whatever they wanted. Yeah, that's... Pretty, Just like Charlie. Pretty believable, but then unfortunately. He, but then he pulls a Charles Manson here. Oh, does he do the, uh, I'm crazy. <laughs> uh, no. Oh. <laughs> he actually escaped the school several times, uh, though each stint was short-lived, and he was quickly captured again and again. Ah, so he so wasn't he, very good at escaping. He was, he was good at escaping, there. but not staying escaped. Escapade. <laughs> yeah. So during one of his escape field trips at the age of 17, Gaskins had actually stayed gone for quite a few weeks this time, and he was hiding out with an uncle at one of the piers he had, like, had at school. It was here he meets a 13-year-old girl named Mary. Oh. And he immediately falls in love with her. <sighs> Gaskins begged Mary to marry him, and she agreed, but only if he would return to the reform school to finish his outest sentence, since she didn't want to be involved with a runaway convict. Yeah, I was gonna say, does he keep getting, like, recaptured, or does he just keep going back because he has nowhere else to go? Probably a little bit of both. Yeah. Probably gets hungry, and he's like, oh, fuck, I gotta go back to school if I want to eat. So, Gaskins reluctantly agreed. He hated the school and knew he was gonna receive a severe punishment when he got back to turn himself in, but he was willing to do it in the name of love for Mary. Interesting. She's 13. It's still gross to me. For his punishment. Wait, how old is he? 17. Ah. Don't love that. No. Yeah. So for his punishment, he spent the final few months of his sentence in solitary confinement, and every Sunday he got to spend one single hour with his fiancée, Mary. At the reform school? At the reform school. She would go and see him for an hour. And she's 13. She's How's 13. she getting there? Her uncle. <laughs> He's just dropping around. Yeah. Like, bye, go, honey. Go say hi to your boyfriend for me. <laughs> Don't so get pregnant. Weird. Bye. That's so strange. All right. <laughs> so after he was released, Mary is now 14 and Gaskins is now 18 and they moved away to Georgetown, South Carolina. Georgetown. We were just talking about this. We were. You know, that's Harley's like favorite place in the, the entire world. Fuck. <laughs> she fucking loves Georgetown. We are going to talk about that. I don't know why. It's There's nothing there. She loves it. She's so sad. <laughs> She's like, if they send me to go work out here again, I'd totally do it. I love Georgetown. She's so special. <laughs> I know. Um, anyway, it's really close to the coast of South Carolina and Myrtle Beach. Murder Beach? Murder Beach. <laughs> Child abduction beach? Gaskins, he ends up taking a job 
at a tobacco farm to support himself and Mary and their unborn child. God damn it. Yep. <laughs> There's a little peewee coming in. Peewee oh, Jr. No. After a few weeks, Gaskins was recruited to do some extra work for the tobacco farm, which included sneaking out in the middle of the night to neighboring tobacco farms, stealing their product, and then setting the entire farm on fire. Wow. I know. That escalated real quick. They're like, you know who would be great (laughs) at committing some crimes? Yeah. Uh, the guy who's been in jail for, or not jail, reformatory school. This man, Pee-wee. For his entire childhood. Uh, according uh. to his friend from reform school that got him the job, the farmers would pay him to steal and set the farms on fire because they could then collect on the insurance payouts. And since they were also stealing the product, they got to keep the money from that as well. Oh, so he was destroying their own farms mm-hmm. so they could get the insurance. Yep. Oh, huh. Because he would like basically like harvest some product, give it to them, then set it on fire. So they have some product to get by, plus they have the insurance payout. I mean, I love a good scheme. <laughs> do what you gotta do. <laughs> it seems excessive, but... It's very excessive. Yeah. So shortly after his daughter was born in April of 1952, Gaskins finds himself in trouble with the law again. Wait, what's the daughter's name? I didn't look at that far. Oh, never mind. Keep I couldn't going. find it. Oh. Which I can't, I can't blame her. I wouldn't... So, I don't tell what my name is either. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, take this with a grain of salt. Baby girl Gaskins is born. And he gets in trouble with the law again. Not surprising. Yeah, so this uh, story comes from his point of view. Could be a bit exaggerated. We don't know. Don't sue me. <laughs> According to Gaskins, one morning when he was working in one of the barns of the tobacco farm, two daughters of his boss came in to harass him and make fun of him for being short. And they apparently told him that their father was also planning to turn him into the police for the recent barn burnings. Even though he employed him to do it? His boss did not. The other farm bosses did. Ah. Because he was doing it to neighboring tobacco farms, not the one he worked on. Oh. Yep. All right. Um, and if there was one thing that'll set our boy Pee Wee off, it was being made fun of for his height. Hey, you gotta get, you just gotta own it at that point. I know, like, you're a short king, just own it. Yeah, get some platform shoes, and if that's what you need, and yeah, just find you a nice short wife, doesn't matter. You're not gonna get any taller. No. You just have to accept it. Acceptance is key. Yep. (laughs) He did not. And he snapped. Uh, He grabbed a a ball pine ham, ball peen? Ball peen hammer? I kept saying ball pine when I was writing this, and I was like, what the (laughs) fuck is a ball pine? Anyway, he grabbed a ball-peen hammer off one of the shelves, and he hit one of the girls in the head with it, and the second girl ran off screaming. Yeah. Instead of chasing after her, he jumped into his pickup and ran off, like, from the scene of the crime, and he abandoned his infant wife and child. His infant wife? Infant child and wife. (laughs) Did I say infant wife? I mean, she's basically an infant. That's true. She's 14. That's true. His infant wife. His infant wife. That was really funny. Uh, okay. Sorry. We'll leave that blooper in. Yep. Anyway, uh, he did like he did hang out for a few days, one town over, but was quickly found. The girl he assaulted did end up surviving. She walked away with a skull fracture from the event. Oh my god. And the judge sentenced him to six years in prison for the assault. That's actually pretty impressive for that time. Yeah. 15-year-old Mary did her best to support her husband during his time in jail by visiting with their newborn daughter as much as she could. Fifteen. Fifteen. Ah, oh, and she's got a baby and a husband in jail. And again. God Husband damn it. in jail again. Ugh. 
Uh, yet again, because of his size, Gaskins was picked on and abused by larger men in the prison. And after six months jailed and taking fucking beating after beating, he decided, no, oh, some shit's gotta change. He's gonna fight back. Gaskins knew his only chance of taking down a larger man was by getting them by stealth and surprise. So he figured his best plan to get respect in the prison was to take down the largest guy there. Oh. Which I don't know why that's your theory, but he's like, I'm gonna get Hazel Brazzle. Maybe you get for the medium person. Hazel. Yeah. Hazel. Brazzle. Brazzle? Hazel Brazzle. It's not Hazel Brazel. Hazel Brazel? <laughs> I think it's Brazel. Oh, uh, he's the biggest guy in the jail. Mm-hmm. And he's gonna take him down. He's gonna get him. By being sneaky. And stealthy. Oh, okay. We'll see how this goes. So Gaskins, he worked his way into the inner circle of Brazzle until one day he got him alone in the cell with no inmates around. Right, row. Gaskins, he waits for uh, old Brazzle beyond the toilet to be taken a dump. And he slits his throat <gasps> with a knife he had nicked from the kitchen. Oh my. Could you imagine that's how you go out? You're taking a shit? Taking a dump. <laughs> does the rest of the shit come out of your body? When you when your heart stops pumping, it probably would. Don't you? Isn't don't, doesn't everything release whenever you die? I think right? so. Or is that like TV? No. I don't know. I don't know either. We got any medical examiners on here? <laughs> let us know. Please let us know uh, in the comments. That's a, that's a bad way to go, though. So yeah, that's what he did. Damn. Uh, and after he killed him, he waited patiently on Brazel's cot until the guards came to retrieve him. Oh, he was just like just chilling, laying, yep. like arms crossed, legs crossed, whistling, mm-hmm. like oh look what I did. So did he think that this was gonna? He's only in there for six years, yeah. and with good behavior, he's probably only in there for two years. So you think killing a man? I didn't say he was smart, <sighs> but it worked. The murder of Brazel gave him the respect he was craving from his other inmates, and he only received an additional three years onto his sentence for the crime. For just straight up murdering someone? Well, let's say Brazel, he was the biggest and the meanest, but he was also the baddest guy in the prison. The court was like, um, eh, like, you did kill a really bad guy. Yeah. Here's three minutes added to your sentence. Mary, though, she ain't happy with her hubby. She's like, what the fuck? Well, she's 15. And she's like, you got more time added on. I still have you my, bastard. I still have my Lisa Frank folders whenever That's I was 15. <laughs> can't imagine being married with a child so uh yeah mary she's like fuck you getting a divorce yeah i was gonna say she's probably not sticking in the picture there no no she's not um and in 1955 she did just that so gaskins would have been about 20 gaskins he's just heartbroken he's like my wife just left me i'll never see my baby again it's probably oh my god well probably good for the fucking baby and mary yeah so um he decided the only way he could fix this is if he breaks out of prison. Is this where the story goes? Oh, yeah, this is All wild. this happens is because he breaks out of... Okay, oh, no. all right. No, there's more. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Oh, there's more. <laughs> uh, he couldn't stand, like, sitting idle with nothing to do, but, like, miss his family, even though he didn't appreciate them to begin with, but whatever. And he knew Mary would never take him back, but he didn't, didn't just want to sit there and be miserable. So, using his new power at the jail, he organized a plan with the other inmates to get him smuggled out. His plan's actually kind of smart. <laughs> so, here. This involved getting the inmates who loaded the garbage truck every week to stuff him into one of the cans <laughs> and toss him in with the rest of the garbage. Uh, honestly, 
I thought you were going to say that same thing, but with like a laundry basket situation. Oh, yeah. That's usually how it is. <laughs> Not the garbage. So the guards didn't check every bin before the truck left. So Gaskins was able to escape undetected by the prison staff. That's so silly. Hiding in a trash can. That's so silly. Gaskins pierced a hole into his side of the can he was hiding in and waited it out until the truck slowed down after pulling off a ramp on the highway. So he's got his, his breathe hole. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he jumped out of his can into a ditch on the side of the road. He was able to get back to his hometown of Florence in just a few hours and stole his cousin's car to make his way to Florida. Now we got car theft too, so that's really his Manson. Yeah. Manson Jr. Why would you go somewhere where everyone knows you instead of just going to like the nearest town and stealing a car? Because he's not smart. <laughs> Let me go back to the place where my entire family is to steal one of their cars. And then <laughs> Which is a two-hour walk. Oh, that just doesn't make any sense, but, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and now we're here. So after our boys escape, he found a job working for a traveling carnival. And he did that for a few months until he ran off with a uh, contortionist to Cookville, Tennessee. He's a carny. He's a carny. <laughs> Gotta and keep he, eyes on the carny. And he ran off with another carny. He ran off with a contortionist. <laughs> this doesn't sound real. It's uh, a fucking movie. Well, I probably, I think it is a movie. It probably is. So uh, when they got there, like to Tennessee, the contortionist asked if Gaskins would do her a favor and sneak a pack of cigarettes to her brother, who was in prison close by. Uh, oh, just wait. <laughs> She told him she would do it herself, but she had a warrant out for her arrest and she didn't want to be caught by police. Not knowing that he has He's just escaped, escaped from jail. Prison. Yeah. And she's like, fuck you. You can go back to jail. I'm not. What? So Gaskins, uh, he meets uh, the brother. Who of the contortionist? The contortionist. The contortionist brother. <laughs> Sounds like a memoir. <laughs> who, uh, uh, he, didn't, he didn't look anything like his uh, runaway sister, but, you know, he handed over the cigarettes anyway. He's like, whatever. Here's your cigs. It's and her lover. When he got back to the motel they were staying at, his carnival friend was gone, as well as his car, and the police surrounded the motel within minutes of him arriving back. So he was getting caught again. Yes. <laughs> Once the police got him back to the station and they ran his record, they discovered that not only had Gaskins aided an inmate's escape, but he was also an escaped convict himself. Because the, uh, the brother, he ended up being the contortionist's husband. And he escaped? He escaped because she had hidden a razor blade inside the pack of cigarettes that Gaskins delivered. The inmate used the razor blade to threaten a guard and escaped. And escaped. Wow. I know. That's... He's a fucking idiot. <laughs> she played him like a fiddle. Yes, she did. <laughs> That's great. Ah, uh, good job, contortionist. That's funny. I know. <laughs> so in the winter of 1955... He was shipped back to serve the rest of his sentence, but he was under a lot more security now. Yeah. Well, he's only got, what, three, four more years left? He's probably got a little bit more now because yeah. he, he aided a convict in escaping. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, Gaskins didn't miss, miss it all, though. Even though there was zero chance of his escaping now, there was also a 24-7 watch on his cell. He also didn't have to worry about being abused by other inmates like he had before. That's true. Hey, so, that's a reason to be in solitary is yeah. just get away from all that shit. Yep. Or surveilled. Yeah. So Gaskin served the rest of his sentence with no other issues, and he finished out the rest of his six-year sentence and was released at the age of 28 years old. Let me guess. He becomes an upstanding citizen. The end. <laughs> and that's it. He bye. Love you. Bye. He becomes senator of South Carolina, <laughs> has 12 children, and several gay affairs. <laughs> 
my god. Uh, okay. Well, uh, I know this is not where it is. No. Uh, but similar <laughs> to our boy Manson, he spent the majority of his life in prison. So once he got out, like into the real world, he didn't really know what to do. He had a hard yeah, time. Yeah, he has no skills. If you've been in prison your entire life, you have no, no life, life skills training for anything. No. So he struggled to find a job. And after being a free man for a few months, he met a traveling preacher. Why did I know that this is where this was going to go? Oh, it gets so I good. I almost said that he starts his own church. <laughs> oh, he doesn't start his own church. He works for one. Oh, God. Uh, the preacher he meets actually offered Gaskins a job helping him with his traveling ministry. And he eagerly accepted. Yeah, because he's a, he's a changed man. That old prison ministry. You gotta oh, yeah. get in there. Oh, yeah. You gotta save all these criminals. You want to see the criminals in heaven. Yes. <laughs> Even though they murdered 10 people. They repented. They did. They said they were sorry. They won't do it ever again. Yeah. You don't care about seeing your own family in heaven, but you definitely want to see those people who yes. are on death row. Yes. You want to see them up there. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> so, okay. Gaskins, uh, yeah, he wasn't on the straight and narrow. No. Much as the preacher thought he would. Uh, yeah, no. That did not happen. So Gaskins would use this cover of the traveling ministry to commit break-ins in whatever town they happened to be in at the time. Hey, it's a great... Great cover. Yeah. Great alibi, great cover. Take advantage of the situation. So the preacher and Gaskins traveled all over small towns in South Carolina. So while, you know, they're doing the Lord's work in all these small towns, he would introduce Gaskins to all his friends. And Gaskins would use his intel to decide who was his best victim. Yeah. Who am I going to steal the I most shit? Yeah. Who could I use the most here? <laughs> yep. So he usually would target vacation and rental homes, since most of the time he could count on those being empty. Yeah. Once the ministry left town they were in to move on to the next, Gaskins would double back, clean out any houses that looked vacant, and the next morning he would be back in the town he was supposed to be in and act like nothing happened. So if he doesn't, he doesn't have a home, so he's just stealing the shit just to sell it? Yep, stealing it to sell it. All right. So after doing this, you know, whole shebang for about a year, Gaskins meets a 17-year-old girl named Jerry. Damn it, Jerry. Damn it, Jerry. <laughs> Jerry with an I. G-E-R-R-I? J-E-R-R-Y. Uh, ooh, even classier. Yeah. <laughs> I only know one Jerry, and I think she became a stripper. <laughs> oh, no. So Gaskins, he somehow convinced this girl to marry him, and Jerry would occasionally go with him on different trips the ministry was going on, but most of the time she stayed with her parents, because she's a child. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, now this is giving, first it was giving crowded room, and now it's giving righteous gemstones. Oh, shit. <laughs> so he would keep in touch with Jerry by calling or visiting every few weeks, but for the most part, he still had all his freedom in the world to keep committing his burglaries. And in 1963, he sets his eyes on a new girl, a 12-year-old girl, 12-year-old girl. Gross. Named Patsy, oh. who was the daughter of a family friend of Gaskin's. <sighs> Patsy knew Gaskins as a friend of her parents and trusted him as an adult that wouldn't do any harm to her. Hmm. But she would come out to find that that was very wrong of her to think. Oh, we got more child abuse. Yes, we do. Oh. So one day, while visiting his own town with the preacher, he swung by Patsy's house for a little uh, visit. Mm. Gaskins, who was 30 at the time, found... 30? 30 years old. Disgusting. Found Patsy at home alone when he got to the house. Here's everyone's warning. Also, Patsy would have been born around the same time as his daughter. Just to clarify that age. <sighs> what is wrong with people? So Gatson, uh, Gaskins convinced Patsy to let him in the house. And once she did, 
he violently raped her. Mm. And during the rape, Gaskins heard two people pull into the driveway, Patsy's two aunts. So Gaskins grabs Patsy and escaped through one of the back windows. Gaskins took her back to his mother's house, Gaskins' mother's house, where police showed up almost immediately. So now he's kidnapping. Yes. And sexually assaulting a child. At his mother's house. Uh, at the age of 30. He hasn't changed at all. He's no. the same person he was at the age of 12, 20, that he is right now. 25, 30. Yeah, he ain't ever going to change. So Gaskins forced Patsy to hide and pretend to be napping. Uh, within moments, Gaskins was arrested and Patsy was rescued. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. But, oh, man. At least she lived. Some psychologists speculate that Gaskins would commit these seemingly random violent crimes when he was feeling bored with his life and he wanted something to excite him. Especially if the victim was vulnerable, because that's how he was as a child and in prison. Yeah. If you're bored, pick up a hobby. Yeah. Or, you know, actually do your ministry job. Yeah. You know, I just bought... (laughs) I just panic bought... (laughs) Uh, Because I, too, get bored. You do. So I bought a... I bought a Play-Doh set. You did. (laughs) That's a grill. (laughs) Uh, And then I bought a puzzle. I thought she was buying these toys for Maverick. (laughs) They're for me. (laughs) They're for me and Dustin. And then I also bought a little crochet kit. And you make a little fox. Yeah. Kendra's real excited to get that. (laughs) So we'll see if um, I actually follow through. But I did panic buy activities out of fear of boredom. (laughs) That's okay. I panic bought a uh, kitten, so. Well, I didn't buy him. I just took him home. Yeah. Oh, man. So, uh, at court, when he was being arraigned, Gaskins managed to escape authorities again. He's so squirrely. He's squirrely. Like Charles. For some reason, officers decided to take his shackles off. And as soon as they were off, Gaskins made a run for it. He got out of there. He jumped through an open window two stories high. He landed on top of a pile of bushes and ran to a park close by where he found an unlocked car with keys in the ignition. There's always a pile of bushes. This is what Ted Bundy did. He jumped (laughs) out of a window um, and found a car. Convenient. He stopped by his parents to get cash and traveled to North Carolina where he was hoping to track down a carnival he'd worked for in the past. He's going back to the carnival. Back to the Connie. (laughs) So once he arrived there, however, he couldn't find the carnival and he assumed that they changed their schedule. With no backup plan, he decided to lay low for a little while and rented a room at a boarding house. He ditched the stolen car and used the cash he stole from his parents to buy a cheap car. Just amazing how this shit works back then. Um, Anyway, (laughs) after laying low for a while and getting off the police's radar, he started getting antsy and lonely again. (sighs) What does he do when he gets antsy and lonely? He finds another underage lady. Yeah. (sighs) So after being a fugitive in North Carolina for about two months... He met a girl named Lenny at a hardware store, and they got married. How old is Lenny? She's uh, got to be older because she has a job. Young adult. Like 18. Maybe. Yeah, probably. 18, 19. Ugh. Gaskins quickly got bored and tired of Lenny, however, and eventually just ghosted her and moved into a, onto a new North Carolina city. Charlotte, home of ah. Ray Carruth. Oh, yeah. So now he's going to the other Carolina. Queen City. Yeah. It was here he gets into contact with his second wife, Jerry. And he charmed her into meeting him in Savannah, Georgia. Savannah. Savannah. <laughs> where the two would make their way to Florida. This is where shit kind of hits the fan. Going down again, south. Again. Yeah. So the two, they were getting on really well and acting like they were newlyweds again. But uh, it started taking a little bit of a downturn when Jerry realized that Gaskins had no job, no ambitions, and no plan whatsoever. 
They can't support you. She's like, what the fuck are you doing? He's a fugitive. And what? She's 16, 17. Uh, she's 17 at this point. Yeah. Jerry demanded that Gaskins take her back home to Savannah. And after some arguing, he did. On the way back, a cop tried to pull Gaskins over for speeding. And Gaskins freaked out at this point because he's still a wanted man for his rape of Patsy. And he knew if the cop managed to pull him over and figure out who he was, he was going back to jail. So Gaskins floored it and tried to make a run for it from the cop. <sighs> Jerry, meanwhile, is screaming her ass off in the passenger seat. Uh, eventually, Gaskins, his tire blows and he lost control of the vehicle and almost rolled the car. When he was trying to gain control back of the vehicle, he drove the car right into a swamp. Overcorrected into a swamp. Yep. To a gator-infested swamp. Yep. <laughs> so Gaskins crawled out of the vehicle and he slipped into the water out of the swamp. Oh, I hate that. Oh. <laughs> he walked through, I hate that. He walked through the swamp and found some train tracks to keep him going in one direction. And he walked all night long until he came upon a railroad car. He crawled into the back of the boxcar and fell asleep. Now he's living that hobo lifestyle. He is. Uh. He woke up as the train was pulling into a station, and by chance, it happened to be Savannah, Georgia. So he didn't really get that far off track from where he started. Yeah, he went, <laughs> went he literally right got back lucky. to where he started. He literally got lucky. Huh. Uh, he slipped off into the tracks undetected, bought some new clothes, and then he got on a bus and headed back to North Carolina to get into the boarding house he was staying in with his third wife, Lenny. What's his end goal? Like, what? He's just... There is he no end goal. He has no plan. There's he has no, no idea. Ugh. Chaos. That's his end goal. Yes. So once Bam. he gets back there, he was given some bad news by the boarding house owner, who told him uh, she saw in the news that everyone knew who he was and that he had run off with his second wife, Jerry. Yeah, he needs to get out of this area. He Leave. It's like he won't just... He clearly knows how to steal a car. Yeah. Just get in the car and drive towards California. Yep. <laughs> So, Gaskins tried to get in contact with Lenny to smooth things over with wifey number three and possibly go into hiding with her. But as soon as he hung up with her, she called the police and told them where to find him. Good. Had a girl, Lenny. Yeah. Uh, after what felt like years, police finally captured Gaskins and he was convicted of his rape of Patsy. He was sentenced to eight years in prison and brought right back to the same South Carolina penitentiary. Eight years. Once again, that's pretty impressive for back in the day. Yeah. Hmm. He was in a better spot here, however, because all the inmates knew of his extensive rap sheet. They're yeah. like, oh man, this guy's the shit. He killed Harvey Blarvey or whatever his name was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I already forgot his name. I don't know. It rhymed. <laughs> it did rhyme. Uh, but yeah, he, so he decided he's going to lay low. He's going to be a good boy and try to get an early release. He's taking a different approach this time. Mm -hmm. So over the next four years, he kept his antics to a very low minimal. He was polite. And eventually, he was able to get a meeting with the warden and tried his best to convince him he was a changed man. And he begged for the warden to speak on his behalf so he could get an early release at his parole meeting. Whatever the fuck he said, it worked. What? Because in November of 1968, Gaskins was paroled. Wow. I see where my mom was born. My mom, mom, not my stepmom. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. Oh, you're welcome. Was it Catherine, Carolyn, or Pamela? <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, Catherine, your second stepmom. The second stepmom, yeah. <laughs> uh, so after his release, he found a job stripping and remodeling stolen cars for resale. Not stripping, no. You were just going to stop at stripping. Stripping. <laughs> Uh, he became a stripper. He became a stripper. 
the end. Uh, at least he's finally getting a job. That's why I was asking, like, what's the end goal? Like, he's not even trying. This isn't a real job, though. It's he's stripping and remodeling stolen cars. Oh, shit. I missed that part. <laughs> okay. Uh, he also worked as a roofer uh, with his legitimate paycheck. He rented out a barn that he used for his workspace to strip the stolen vehicles. Ah, so he got a real job to cover up for his fake, fake job. job. Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Gaskins is apparently a fancy businessman and expanded his job to pawning and selling other stolen items. Uh, back on the pawn, the pawn shop. S- shit. Stealing and pawning, that's what he's good at. Yeah. So he was attempting to buy some stolen silverware off a pair of guys when they turned things around and decided to rob him. Oh, that's fun. Oh, yeah. Not for him. Silverware? I don't know. That's dumb. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. So Gaskins followed them home and pointed a handgun at the two. When they tried to apologize and give his things back, he forced them into the trunk of his car at gunpoint and drove them out in the middle of nowhere. Is this Um, this the first? He took everything they had including their clothes, and left them in the middle of bumfuck. So he didn't oh, kill okay. them. So he, he did just, not kill them. He just left them naked. And took all their shit. And took all their shit. <laughs> uh, his appetite for violence kept growing after this, and uh, authorities had no idea he was getting up to. So he had no reason to be afraid of getting caught. Because as of right now, Gaskins, when he gets bored, he just starts fucking shit up. And he's still in this area. Yeah. Get out. Yep. Still in Florence. God, so, it's a yeah. big, there's a whole big wide world out there. He's like, nah, I'm gonna stay in Florence. <laughs> Got a bookies here. Uh, so yeah. Gaskins, he's antsy, he's depressed, and he's growing bored. So he started taking long drives down the interstates all over the state. He'd pick up female hitchhikers while on his little midnight cruises and solicit them for sex. If they refused to sleep with him, he would kick them out of the car. Later, this escalates, and he would let the women who, like, denied him fester in his brain. He would keep, like, thinking about it and, like, what it would feel like to hurt them and torture them. And, um... This is uh, what that leads This is what it leads to. So he's, like, an interstate hitchhiker killer? Pretty much. Wow. As the year went on, his nerves just kept getting tighter and tighter. Uh, And the car drives, they weren't uh, enough to calm him down anymore. And he would take his first victim. Oh. Let's take a sip. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna need it. Oh, oh it's so good. Um, so, in September 1969, Gaskins picked up a female hitchhiker on the coastal highway in South Carolina. The girl told him she was headed to Charleston, and Gaskins scoffed and said the only reason he would drive that far would be if she offered him sex. The girl let out, like, a nervous laugh and thought Gaskins was joking and asked for him to let her out of the car. Like, <laughs> you oh, you're so funny. Just, just fucking drop me off. Thanks, bye. Yeah, this is fine. Here is fine. After driving for just a few minutes, Gaskin pulled over onto a dirt road. Before the hitchhiker could say anything to him, Gaskins pulled a huge knife out of his pocket and pointed it at her throat. After raping her at knife point and mutilating her chest and body, he stuck her into the trunk and drove by a nearby gas station to buy some clothesline. He then headed towards a swamp and made the hitchhiker beg for her life while he laughed in her face the entire time. He brutally murdered her and sunk her body into the swamp. Do we not know who this person is? We do not. <gasps> to this day? To this day. Oh my god. Was But the body was found. I don't know if his body was found. He just admitted to it. Oh. He has a lot of bodies that were never found, but he admitted to the crimes and they kind of matched with missing persons reports. He, cause this is like way back then. So like yeah. not everybody was reported missing. That's true. Oh, 
damn. So later on, when he's interrogated, after he's caught eventually, um, spoiler alert, he calls these his coastal kills. And he would murder someone about every six weeks to get rid of his feelings of bothersomeness, which is what he called it in his stomach. That's so insane. Yeah. He compared it to like a knot being tied together, like in your, in your stomach, just getting tighter and tighter until he couldn't stand it anymore. And killing was the only way to release that feeling. That's probably anxiety. Uh, psychosis or something. Yeah. So uh, psychologists uh, that analyzed Gaskins believe that every victim he had served as a surrogate for any person in his life who made him feel awful, picked on him, or abused him. Yeah. So basically He's every- taking it out on other people. Yeah. So basically every person that he murdered or raped reminded him of someone that had picked on him in his past. And that's ugh, just the projection of it. It's crazy. Yep. So over the next few weeks, Gaskins began planning his next murders, and he vowed to himself to not be so impulsive with his next crimes as to not get caught. But I know. So <laughs> he did not want to end up back in prison. He bought a number of items to use to torture and bind his victims, including cables, handcuffs, a blowtorch, and a high-pressure hose. If you don't want to end up in prison, don't try to... not killing people or sexually what? assaulting people. What? <laughs> If the end goal is not prison, let's not do anything to possibly put you in prison. What is it like a drink a Coke? Buy a moon pie. <laughs> yeah. And fucking share. Go TikTok. get a big red. Go. Yeah, go, <laughs> go get a snack. Oh my God. So after purchasing his new, um, lack of a better term, tools. Yeah. He committed his second highway murder about six weeks after the first. And the next one was about six weeks after that. And every single time it would get more brutal and sadistic. It's difficult to actually verify how many people he did murder because he never bothered to learn any of their names. And most of the time, he didn't even remember their faces either. And it's just his story. It's just his story. He could be making up wild details that maybe couldn't or didn't even happen. Maybe true, maybe not true. We'd have no idea. Yeah. So Gaskins relished in the fact that people were terrified of him. And his murder spree went around 18 months. And he claims to have killed at least 10 hitchhikers. So including the man he killed in prison, he was at 11 victims by October 1970. Wow. But victim number 12 would be the one to crush him. Okay. Number 12. So God, in no number 12. We're in November. That's insane. 1970. Okay. He was driving through the town of Sumter, South Carolina. Sumter? Sumter. <laughs> when he saw a car full of teen girls waving him down. Mm. One of the girls was his niece, Janice. His Janice? niece? Is it Janice or Janice? Where are we at? Right there. Janice? That is Janice. That's not Janice. I feel like it should be Janice. <laughs> Janice. Uh, I had a friend growing up named Janice. I had a... I don't think I know anybody named Janice. She was my age. She didn't she go by like Janice. She like she's 50. <laughs> but her, she sure was. Her name was Janice. Weird. So Gaskins, he had a decent relationship with his niece, even though they weren't very close, which is shocking for me. He noticed that Janice was drunk. And her friends begged for him to take care of her and drop her off at home when she sobered up so that the rest of the group could rush home and make it in time for their curfews. So they're like, just get this bitch home yeah. so we can go. Please, and please Uncle Pee Wee, get this bitch home. She's drunk. We're not. We need to get home. <sighs> Gaskins agreed to help. Um, and both Janice and her friend Patricia got in the car with him. And Patricia was sober because Patricia staying the night with Janice. Oh, okay. Yep. All right. So he drove the girls to a small house outside of town and suggested that Janice take a shower and get cleaned up a bit to help her sober up. Eh, which is fair. 
So when Patricia started helping Janice undress and get into the shower, Gaskins attacked them both and attempted to rape them, but they fought hard. Good. Patricia found a two-by-four on the ground and used it to swing at Gaskins, and she ended up clipping him on the back of the head, and he passed out for a few minutes. How had Janice not gotten creepy vibes from her own uncle? How did she not pick up on that? Uh, you Kids are dumb. Yeah, but like whoever's, you know, it's her, his brother or sister or in-law, somebody. I, I would feel like they would be like, yo, Uncle Pee-wee's creepy. Yeah, Uncle... <laughs> Uncle Pee-wee? <laughs> Uncle Pee-wee's a fucking creep. You better stay away from him. Oh, God. When he woke up from being knocked out by the two-by-four, at a girl, Patricia, uh, they were gone. Okay, good. Yeah, uh, just leave the situation. Get out of there. Gaskins raced outside and jumped into his car to find the girls. Since they were on foot, he knew that they couldn't have gone too far and eventually tra- tracked them down, headed back into the direction of town. He pulled over and held them at gunpoint and forced them back into the trunk of his car. He took them to the house again, where he attempted to rape them both. Uh, and they got away a second time. Okay, good. He just doesn't learn. Yeah. Instead of trying to hunt them down in a third attempt, he decided to just kill them. Instead, since he knew he couldn't control both girls at the same time. Did he kill them? Um, he tracked both girls down and incapacitated them by using the butt of his gun to hit them in the head. He gathered Patricia and moved her to the back of an abandoned house he knew towards where, like, the septic tank was. Oh. Once there, he tossed her inside the septic tank and watched her drown inside of it, which is also disgusting. Oh. After confirming that Patricia was dead, he drove back to the other house where Janice was and um, found that she had already died while he was taking care of Patricia. What? Yeah. Oh, no. His niece? His niece. And her friend? Yes. (sighs) But this is the last one. Yes. (sighs) Gaskins ended up burying his niece behind his barn. What a cold-hearted fucker. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Jank shit. Shithead. Yep. So when the two girls were reported missing the very next day, he started to get nervous since the group of girls that he had seen. They know that he left with them. Yep. He knew that they left with him. He was like, fuck. So uh, he didn't worry about forming an alibi, though. He thought he had done such a terrific job of getting rid of the evidence that the police would not suspect a thing. So when the cops inevitably show up to question him. Yeah, there's two dead bodies. One is in the septic tank and one is just behind the barn. In the... Oh, yeah. Uh, After picking the girls up, he took them to the drive-in restaurant to sober up. And while there, the two girls confided in him that they hated their small town and wanted a way to leave. Wait, which two girls? This is the story he gave them, Patricia and his niece Janice. Oh, okay. Uh, This is his story he gave the police. All right. So good old Uncle Pee-wee said he tried to talk them out of it, but the conversation ended abruptly when a group of teenage boys that the girls knew pulled up and they left with the boys. And he no. just couldn't stop them. Just couldn't stop them. Now they're gone. Don't know it's where la- they're at. It's last time they saw them. Uh, apparently the police bought this bullshit story and they marked the girls as runaways. They're literally believing someone who has been in and out of jail for the past 15 years. Yep. And murdered someone in jail. Yep. Also already kidnapped a girl. Uh, stupid. So, uh, but the families of the girls were like, no, no. that ain't fucking true. No. So they, they rode Gaskin's ass for years afterwards about where the girls were because they knew something wasn't right about the story that he gave the cops. Cops brushed the family off and did not pursue any further. But, <laughs> oh, it, it turned around. Don't worry. This is crazy. Okay. His 12th and 13th victims would be the turning point for good old boy Gaskins. And he becomes bolder and bolder with these murders. <sighs> 
So just one month later, in 1970, in December, Gaskin struck again when he was repairing the roof of his school. He spotted a 13-year-old girl named Peggy Patino. He claimed he actually knew her because she was the daughter of a state senator. When she strolled by him, he said, hey, Peggy, and one of her friends asked who he was, and Peggy replied that he was just, quote, white trash. And this just enraged him. Oh, yeah. Can't have a child make fun of you. Yeah. Can't be having that. No, absolutely not. Uh. So this rage just simmered inside him for a few days until he couldn't take it anymore. Gaskins called into work for the weekend and told his boss he wanted to visit Charleston for a few days. And instead, he drove himself to the home of the Catinos and waited until Peggy walked out on her own from the house. Oh, no. Once she did, he grabbed her and held a knife to her throat and threw her into the trunk of his car. He took her to his home, where he tortured her until she was dead, then oh. dumped her body in the middle of town. What? Yeah. What's with the children? <laughs> he, well, I mean, there is no rationalizing He's it. He's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Police started a huge investigation immediately, and Gaskins was on top of the suspect list due to his criminal past. Gaskins was able to use his bullshit alibi of visiting Charleston for the weekend and was never implicated at the time. What? Yeah. What are these cops doing? Instead, months later, officers had arrested a different man and he was convicted of the crime. He ended up taking ownership of the crime, like years later, but investigators refused to believe him because they didn't want to acknowledge they put an innocent man behind bars. Oh, yeah. They don't want to. They're like, no, you didn't do that. Because they, they don't want to admit that they were wrong. I wonder if that other guy got out. Nope. Oh, no. So, officers had reason to believe that his story about Peggy insulting him was false since it was so similar to his first ever assault when he was just 19 and those girls called him white trash in short. But Gaskins never dumped the bodies in well-known public areas and he didn't typically kill, like, low-risk victims. And he just dumped them all in swamps and mm -hmm. let, uh, septic tanks, wherever. So maybe he did it, maybe he didn't do it. We don't know, but we won't really know because the police refused to investigate properly. Yeah, and admit that they were wrong mm -hmm. and admit that they let this dangerous psychotic criminal out and he killed 13 people yep uh and sometime in 1971 he also married his fifth wife god damn it what is wrong what is wrong with everyone <laughs> and what's worse is she gave birth to his only son at this time oh. donald lee gaskins isn't his name donald yes donald henry and he his son's donald lee gross so there are some psychologists that believe that he definitely exaggerated his body count to authorities to build up his rap sheet in prison so he would still like retain the respect he had gained from his first stint there yeah there's no doubt in their minds that he definitely brutalized all of his victims and fantasized about what he could do to them to cause pain and torture but the amount of people is kind of up in the air yeah so we really only know about three definitely yes but he's claiming like 12 uh, more like more like a little over a dozen. Huh. But only three confirmed. So maybe, eh, or, well, he killed Dancy Blancy. <laughs> Whatever his name was. That one's confirmed. <laughs> anyway. Uh, okay. One so more people. One victim he claimed to take at the time was Jackie Freeman, a 14-year-old hitchhiker that he picked up. And the reason I think he may not have committed this one is because he knew her name. But he never bothered to learn the names of the other victims. Um, and the only other one that he did know was his niece because he knew her. Yeah. And the one that was the daughter of a senator. Yeah. So, like, he wants, you just want to be famous for murdering the daughter of a senator. Huh. 
if he didn't know the names of anybody else, why would he name this specific this person other than knowing that she was murdered? Yep. Huh. So he probably just wanted to take claim for it. Yeah. He claims that he picked her up after she was running away from her home because she confided in him that her stepfather was abusing her. Gaskins empathized with her because, you know, his stepfather abused him yeah. and told her that he had also been abused by his own family. He told Jackie that he would bring her to Myrtle Beach, where she was headed, but instead brought her to another abandoned house in his own town of Sumter, South Carolina. So he related to her and then still killed her. Still killed Maybe. her. Yep. He sexually assaulted the girl and uh. spent several days torturing her and claims he also ate parts of her body. Why did they do this? I don't think he actually did that, We've though. talked about, what, three people now who are I like, I ate four. them, too. I think four. But, like, no, you didn't. Shut the fuck up. <sighs> so apparently after this murder in 1973 is when he purchased his famous hearse that he a bought. Hearse. Oh, you didn't know about the hearse? No. That was his car. It was a hearse. What? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. He bought it off one of his shady friends. Uh, he even made a custom sign to go on the back uh, of the hearse that says, we haul anything. That is terrifying. Fucked up. Fucked up. Yeah. Whoa. So Gaskins was made fun of in town for driving the hearse, but when anyone would ask him what he drove around, he just would reply, because I kill so many people, I needed to haul the bodies to my secret locations, which is and just fucking chilling because it's true. he's being serious. He's being serious. <sighs> It's this same year that people start getting a little little sus of Pee-wee and his unusual behavior. And they couldn't help but notice that people close to Gaskins just uh, disappeared. Apparently, he did not learn his lesson after the killing of his niece and her friend. Because in the same year, he bought the hearse. He, t he murdered a woman and her two-year-old son. Or, I'm sorry, her two-year-old child, Doreen Dempsey. Oh. Gaskins actually knew Doreen for several years. And when Doreen started going through tough times... She made a trip from North Charleston, South Carolina, to see Gaskins and his new wife, lucky number five, <sighs> to ask him for a favor. Doreen was seven months pregnant and the sole caretaker of her two-year-old child as well. And they were pretty down on their luck and didn't have anywhere to stay. Doreen appealed to Gaskins' wife and begged the couple to let her stay with her and the child for just a few months so she could get back on her feet before she gave birth. So she's asking yeah, Doreen's like Gaskins. And Mrs. Peewee, hey, can I please stay with you? I'm on tough times. I just need some time to get back on my feet. Yada, yada, yada. Gaskins' wife was like, yeah, please, let's help her. Whatever. But Peewee's like, oh, no, we don't have enough room in the house for them. And said no. Afterwards, Gaskins took a walk in the woods with Doreen and her daughter, trying to get them away from prying eyes. <sighs> and told her that he had a secret trailer that his wife didn't know about. And she could stay there as long as she promised not to tell his wife because instead of collecting cash for the rent, he wanted her to pay in sex. This is so convoluted. I really thought you were going to... I thought this was over after oh, no. the senator's daughter. Nope. Uh... So Doreen agreed and the three of them hopped into Gaskin's hearse to take a look at the trailer, which Gaskin's told her was in the middle of the woods. <sighs> Gaskin's drowned both the toddler and Doreen when they got oh, there and that... buried them in a shallow grave. Oh my god. It's speculated that Gaskins murdered Doreen because he was racist and he was already upset with her for having one biracial child and hearing that she was pregnant with another set him off and he acted on his rage. Was this someone he was related to? He or... was, um, I think his wife was friends with the girl. Oh. So that's how he knew them. Yeah. Yep. Oh my god. So I don't know if he was actually racist and that's why he murdered them, but well, that's he... what a lot of people say. I'm going to go ahead and say time probably racist. <laughs> correct in the, it's in the correct time period, so I could buy it. Yeah. Uh, so now we're at the beginning of 1974. We're still going? We're still going. Oh, uh, you're killing me. 
kidding me? Gaskins and his new wife made the move to Charleston, South Carolina. They move here? Home of here. Whoa. Okay. And this is where this Johnny Sellers comes in. Johnny Sellers. He was a car thief that Gaskins regularly did business with. Great. And when he didn't pay Sellers for a deal they had done together, like stealing a boat, Gaskins shot and killed Johnny Sellers along with his girlfriend at the time, Jesse Judy. <laughs> Because he didn't want her to implicate him in the murder or the illegal ring of auto theft that they were both involved in. So he kills Johnny so he doesn't have to pay him. Then he kills Judy because she's like, oh, your bitch ass is going to rat me out. So what is this, victim 16 and 17? I think so. I lost count. Alex! Um, <laughs> <laughs> my goodness. So a few months after this, Gaskins killed a man named Horace for hitting on his wife. Uh, does and he still have the hearse? Yes. So now he's killing men. In the hearse. Oh my goodness. And claims later that Horace offered him some money to sleep with his wife, and he gladly would have made the deal with him and just not killed him. So he's like, you didn't offer to pay for sex with my wife. You just wanted to sleep with my wife. No, you have to die. <laughs> what? That's what he told officers. So if he would have... If Horace would have been like, yo, I'll pay you to sleep with your wife. <laughs> you wouldn't have killed him. This is so convoluted. I know. All right. <laughs> Weirdly enough, Gaskin's wife left him shortly after this and took their son with her. Good. Apparently she had no idea about his murderous affairs, but didn't appreciate how he would just disappear all the time without telling her, and she speculated that he was cheating on her, not committing murder. Well, I mean, I would never he expect was probably anything. doing that too. But... I mean, I'm sure he was. <laughs> yeah. She is wifey number five, so. Oh, uh, how did five women, well, not even, I can't even say women, half of them were children. Five girls. So Gaskins took this breakup the way he always did and started taking drives and murdering hitchhikers who were unlucky enough to flag him down and 1975 was a busy year for our boy mm. and he ironically was also offered the job as a hitman as well which he <laughs> happily took because he's like hell yeah i love doing illegal shit and murder yeah i love I'll killing fuck, people i may as well get paid for it yes please let it's me like finding it. your niche and be like hey i can make some money off of this yeah ah. so his first uh, client was a woman named Suzanne Owens. And she wanted him to kill her husband. Who hired Gaskins for $1,000 to kill her ex-lover. <laughs> oh, her ex? Because he cut her off and he kicked her out of the house that he was paying for. Yeah. And took away the car he had bought her. <laughs> Suzanne was hot pissed. So she um, and her husband, John Owens, new husband, tracked down Gaskins and asked him to kill her ex-husband, Yates. <sighs> Gaskins... Would, he would fucking do anything for it. He's like, hell yeah, I'll kill for any fucking reason, and I'm getting paid for it. Let's go. Yeah, like you can be a hundred bucks and a carton of cigarettes, and it's done. It's fucking done. Ugh. So Gaskins, he comes up with a plan. He recruited the help of one of his friend's wives to dress provocatively and knock on Yates' door to get him to answer. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Gaskins then ended up slitting the throat of Yates after kidnapping him at gunpoint and burying him in a shallow grave. After the deed, he blackmailed Suzanne for sex and demanded she sleep with him whenever he wanted. And he did this for months. So this was a, another form of payment yeah, for sex. murdering her ex-husband. Yep. Oh my goodness. Uh, Gaskin, the, the lady that helped Gaskins get the guy to open the door was a uh, like a wife of a, one of his friends. So he gave her a couple hundred bucks to keep quiet about the situation. But after the woman saw Yates' photo in the paper, she knew what she was helping with and she told her husband about what she thought Gaskins did. Oh, she didn't know that he had murdered him. No, she just knew that she was helping him. He, she 
probably just thought he was going to beat him up or something. Oh. So the husband was pissed that Gaskin used her in this scheme and, quote, underpaid her. So he then tried to blackmail Gaskins for $5,000 to keep quiet about it. So now Pee-wee's going to kill him. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> so Gaskins, he uh, agreed to pay up the, uh, like, yeah, I'll pay, pay up the couple. And he set up a time in the middle of the night to go retrieve the cash, which he told them he hid in the swamp. The middle of the night. Oh, yeah. Next to, to a, a swamp. swamp. Mm-hmm. Just meet me there. Nice. It's a nice fine. safe area. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. When you get there, I'm just going to shoot you both and bury you in a shallow grave in the swamp. No need to panic. Which is exactly what he did. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, his next victim would be a 13-year-old neighbor, oh, Kim Gilkin. Why the kids? Kim played and played his cards and got really close with the kids in the neighborhood. And for several months, he would like he would just hang out with the neighborhood kids. He would grill for them, take them to the beach, let them play at his house, and he even insisted that they all call him uncle. Ew. Yeah. Hate that. So once he got the girl, Kim, on her own, he sexually assaulted her for an entire night, then strangled her to death. He hid her body close to the same spot he had buried his niece Janice. Oh, I can't with the children. Um, when the parents came around looking for their daughter, he told them he hadn't seen Kim in a while, um, and he could tell that they weren't really buying his story. So he dipped out of town and went to Florida for a month to lay low. He just he just goes go to Florida. Go yeah. further away. It really pisses me off that he will not leave like North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, Georgia, Florida. Yep. <laughs> so when he got back, Kim's parents especially her dad, still felt really sus about Gaskins and his, their involvement with the disappearance. He also noticed that when he got back, his two shady business partners, Dennis Bellamy and John Knight, had also stolen the tools he used to strip down cars. And he tracked the two down with a friend of his, Walter Neely. He turned Walter into his co-conspirator and murdered the two business partners and made Walter help him bury the bodies. I'm taking off my glasses. <laughs> she can't handle it anymore. I can't handle this. Oh my God. This is so many people. So insane. I had no idea how many people he allegedly killed. Allegedly. Ugh. So Walter, completely horrified by this, and he had no idea that Gaskin's intention the entire time was to murder. And he, put, he puts on a great show, evidently. Yeah. He snows everybody that he knows. They're like, ah, oh, it's just, uh -huh. it's it's just, just Pee-wee. Pee Pee-wee being Pee-wee in his goddamn hearse. It's fine. <laughs> He's a little weird, but I like him. <laughs> and then uh, Gaskins freaks out Walter even more by telling him this wasn't even the first murder he committed. I mean, he wasn't lying. That's not a lie. Around the same time, Kim Gelkin's father, the neighbor girl, finally gets police to look into Gaskins for the murder of his daughter, and they obtain a search warrant for Gaskins' home. Okay. Are we, are we doing it? Are they, we getting them? They hit the fucking jackpot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so inside Gaskins' home, Ugh. they find some of Kim's clothing in his closet, and they start questioning some of Gaskins' friends and associates, including Walter Neely. Smoking gun. <laughs> yeah. So Walter, getting a lot of pressure from the authorities to spill the tea on his, his old buddy Gaskins, and he eventually lets it all out. In December 1975, Walter Neely leads cops to the spot where they buried the bodies of Dennis Bellamy and John Knight. Yep. And they also did a full search of the area after Neely informed them that Gaskins hinted that he also buried several other bodies in the same area. Yeah, that's his dumping ground. Yeah. Quote, unquote. So Neely's intel was correct. The officers uncovered the bodies of four other victims. Ugh. The prosecution decided to try Gaskins for all six murders separately, and they began his trial on May 24th, 1976. 
This has been a wild ride. I know. During the trial, the prosecution's main piece of evidence was a pistol they linked to the crime that they found in the possession of Gaskins, and the jury found him guilty on the charge of murder on May 28th, 1976. I also feel like four days for a trial is really short, but I guess if they don't have, like, actual forensics back then, then maybe they don't have a whole lot to put forth. Yeah, that's true. And 1976? Yep. And he started killing in 69? Hmm. Uh, like 55. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, so crazy. He ended up being tried for eight more victims and given a life sentence for each one. Good. Jesus Christ. So Walter Neely was also sentenced to life for being accessory to murder. Wow. Since he never made a deal with the prosecution. Wow. Yeah. And he was only, I mean. He just buried them, basically. Damn. I guess we're going to get you. We're going to get you here. I mean, he probably also did some fucked up shit because... That's true. Pee-wee, he doesn't have, you know, great friends. He doesn't have upstanding citizens' (laughs) friends. does not. (laughs) So Gaskins was living his best life in prison because of extensive rap sheet and violence. And he could basically do whatever the fuck he wanted. But all he wanted to do was keep killing people. So about six years after his conviction... Gaskins was hired to kill an inmate that had been sitting on death row, a guy named Rudolf Tyner. He's on death row. Yep. Let it happen. He's bored. Clearly. Tyner had committed a double murder during the robbery of a convenience store on Myrtle's Inland. It was there he killed the store owners, Bill and Myrtle Moon. Myrtle Moon. Myrtle Moon. Sweet. Tyner's execution was on hold since he was appealing the death sentence given to him. And like the moon, Myrtle Moon's son, Tony Simo, mm-hmm. was getting antsy and tired of waiting. Yeah, so just he, do it. Yeah, so he hired Gaskins to get the deed done faster. Oh, her son? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Myrtle's son, Tony. Oh, that's fucked up. Yep. Oh, no. Wait till you... Tony's gonna go to jail. Oh, wait till you hear how this gets done. You are gonna give me a panic attack. (laughs) So Gaskins originally tried to kill Tyner by poisoning him. But when that didn't work, he instructed Tony Simo to smuggle him some C4 into the prison by hiding it in a shoe. And it works. He uses the C4 and rigged it to a walkie-talkie and sent it up to Tyner, giving him the impression he could use the walkie-talkie to contact Gaskins when he needed more drugs because he made friends with Tyner. And then he blew him up? Yes. Because <laughs> when Tyner... What? When Tyner used the walkie-talkie, it detonated the bomb and Tyner was killed. That is fucked up. And it took a long, long, long while for the crime to be linked to Gaskins, but once he did, he made himself a new enemy, the prison warden. Because the warden was like... How the fuck did you get C4 in here? Yeah. What the so wait, fuck? did he like give him a pair of shoes? Yeah. Uh, he dropped off a pair of shoes. C4 was inside that the is shoes. completely bonkers. Um, let's just say it's not a good look if one of your inmates <laughs> manages to sneak military grade explosives <laughs> into the prison oh. to use them to murder another inmate. I'm surprised he didn't ask for more to like explode to get out of jail. Yeah, That's just blow shit. up the prison wall. Well, yeah. Why like, not? Hi. So after this, uh, the warden pressed for Gaskins to get the death penalty, and it worked. Gaskins attempted to appeal the decision several times, failed each and every time, and he claimed, this is how many victims he claims to have. Are you ready? Is it over a hundred? Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) He claimed to have killed up to 110 people. 
Okay. And on September 6th, 1991, Donald Henry Gaskins was executed via electric chair. Bye. His last words were, I'll let my lawyers talk for me. I'm ready to go. God damn it, Pee-wee. God damn it, Pee-wee. Oh, that was insane. I know, don't you love Thank that? Thank you so much. I needed that. Uh, Harley is the one that suggested that one. You, you did very well. <laughs> that was so crazy. Uh, oh, don't you love it? I do. It stressed me out a little bit. Um, but god damn. I had um, no idea. Why did Harley suggest that? Cause she hates the ones that are like gruesome. Is it just because it's here? Because it's here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. She, she loved it. Well, I hope she did. Um, do you have any fun facts for me? Oh, oh please. Okay. <laughs> oh, please. All right. What you got for me? I got you some uh, Charleston fun facts. Oh. Because, you know, he's kind of localish. He murdered some people here. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. All right. So, did you know that Charleston was originally known as Oyster Town? Oyster Town? I mean, I think you can imagine why. Well, yeah. That's I don't true. like oysters, but a lot of people do. I don't either. Um, Kylie? loves oysters they're just they remind me of boogers it's like yeah it's like slurping snot out of a container <laughs> i don't like it uh. it's also home of the original and first golf club oh in 1743 charleston merchant david dees received a shipment of 432 golf balls and 96 clubs from scotland and using these he organized the first golf club where was it um, it's on the corner of Pit and Bull Street, downtown. Pit and Bull? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pit and Bull. P-I-T-T. <laughs> oh, huh. Downtown. Mm-hmm. Downtown. I wonder if that's where, like, that green space is right now, currently. Uh, I don't think so, because I think Bull Street has a bunch of houses on it. Oh. Uh, cool. Maybe. Neat. Founded in 1770 and chartered in 1785, the College of Charleston. <laughs> Is the oldest municipal <laughs> college in the United States. Don't know what that means, but sure. Is old. <laughs> it's super old. <laughs> and uh, the pineapples, which is what we're very famous for down here. Yeah, the pineapple fountain. They're a symbol of hospitality in Charleston. Ah. And a tradition that goes back to colonial days. Oh, neat. When returning sea captains would spear a pineapple outside their home, this was to let captain's friends know he had returned safely and that they could come over to hear his stories from the high seas. Ah, and as Dustin always likes to point out, the upside down pineapple. Oh, that means you're means you're a swinger. Yep. <laughs> he loves pointing that out. I think he it's does. because Lauren, um, who did our cover swinger. art, Lauren's a swinger. No. Oh. <laughs> uh, but she loves pineapples. That's mm. like what she's known for. Anytime oh. we see anything with pineapple related, I I get it for her. So. Oh. All right. You got, any, got anything Let's else? Let's see. Let me see if I can find one more. Oh, and I have to I have to land on this one. Okay. Charleston established its first baseball team, the Seagulls, in 1886. The Seagulls. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then they transformed into the, the River Dogs. The, the Water Puppers. The Water Pups. Yep. <laughs> in 2017, the Charleston River Dogs are the local minor league baseball team, an affiliate of well, was the New York Yankees. Now it's the Tampa Bay Rays. And Bill Murray is a part owner. Really? You didn't know that? He has his own seat at the stadium. It's like painted. Shut up. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. That's fun. I like that. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Oh, (laughs) Pee-wee. 
Oh, I can't stand it. Thanks, Har and Gaylene and Alex. Yep. Because that was completely bonkers. Thank you for Sugar for telling me that your dad knows him. Yeah. Knew him because he's dead now, but you know. Yeah, I wonder if we can get more information on that. Mm-hmm. That'd be wild. Do you remember Ashley from the Somerville store? Yeah. Her mom almost got kidnapped by Pee Wee Gaskins. She like got picked up with him and a friend when they were hitchhiking and she managed to escape and get away. She was in the hearse? She was in the hearse. What? Yeah. Oh no. Oh yeah. I don't know what to do with that information. Guys, That's crazy. Don't get in if you if you ever are ordering an Uber <laughs> and a hearse shows up. And a hearse shows up, <laughs> just cancel it. I'm getting in. But that's just me. <laughs> we'll see Scar in the afterlife, but you <laughs> yeah. guys just cancel it. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, well, we need... Are we going to record our Patreon? Um, I don't know if I have time because I have to go to sports ball. Oh, boo. Okay. Well, we'll do it next time. We'll have a special Patreon episode for you guys. Yeah! We're going to release like a pre... This is what it's going to be like. Kind of. Yeah. We're going to have different segments. It's going to be fun. Send us suggestions on the Instagram. Yeah. And before you go, follow us on Instagram at hashtag murder pod. Spell it out. (laughs) Spell it all out. Spell it all out. (laughs) And if you like this, give us five stars. And share it to all your friends and family. Yeah. Let them know. That really um, helps us out a lot. And we appreciate it. We do. And we will have new merch for you. Soon. Yay, I just put another order in. Um, So keep your eyes peeled. Yep. Well, thanks for hanging out. Love you. Bye. Bye. And as the lovely Gaylene says, you know, you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Love you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hashtag Murder. Episodes are written and edited by Alex Lewis and Scarlett Hipton. Our intro and outro music is written and played by Derek Branton. Our cover art is by the lovely Lauren Walker. And our name was created by the most wonderful, supportive, and super hot boyfriend, Dustin Branton. We hope you've enjoyed your time with us. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or ideas, you can reach us at hashtag murderpod at gmail.com. That's H-A-S-H-T-A-G murderpod at gmail.com. And don't forget to tell all of your friends about us. Thanks. Bye. Bitch, you better work. <laughs> Pee-wee's fucked up. Yeah. Who was also getting tired of waiting. Uh, so, Tony. Oh, sorry. Let me start that over. Because that's going to lead to not good things. Lead to this is what happened next. Oh, my. <laughs> Taking a job at a tobacco farm farm to support himself and Mary and their unborn child. <laughs> tobacco farm for <laughs> Gaskins. Okay, you're good. Hi, Dusty Buns. He's probably going to come up here. <laughs> Be like, hi, ladies. What you doing? <laughs> going on? You having a good day, honey? Oh, he's so so mushy and predictable. Yes. He tried to tell me earlier that he's not predictable. Sir, I could almost tell you exactly what you're going to say right now. That's how predictable you are. I, I just did. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll find out. He waited until Brazzle was on the toilet. Slit his... Th- <laughs> no. Taking a shit. Are you going to slit his throat? Yep. While he was taking a shit? While he's taking a shit. Dustin Wayne. What is happening right now? Turn down your shitty music. We can hear it. What can you hear? It's just coming from the speaker on my phone. You're very loud, honey. Keep it up. I'm coming up there. No. Love you. Bye. Bye, babes. Okay. It's like Green Mile. The fuck is he doing down there? I don't know what he's doing. (laughs) Take a nap, Dustin. Preacher and Gaskins. (coughs) While doing the Lord's work. 
Oh, God. We're losing her. (laughs) The preacher. Oh, shit. She's going to kill me. (laughs) This explains so much. Stop it. Stop. (laughs) I hope Dustin got me beer. Seltzer. Seltzer. I I call it beer. It's not beer. Seltzer. Oh, shit. I lost my place. Nah. That was the closet door. (laughs) Oh, blah, blah, blah.